I've had a bit to drink, you've had a bit to drink, uh, so everything's going to be fine. This podcast contains swearing and crap impressions. If you don't like swearing or crap impressions, this isn't the podcast you're looking for. You can go about your business. Move along. Welcome to First Impressions, the podcast that combines furrowed brow literature with low brow mimicry. My name is Peter Humphreys. I'm a writer and editor based in Lancaster, UK. And First Impressions is all about accentuating the positive in life and spreading a little mirth during these difficult times with an emphasis on the arts and all things literary. Hmm. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to be introducing you to a stellar lineup of guests. Uh, it's actually quite difficult finding enough guests called Stella. It's quite an old-fashioned name these days. Uh, I'm joking. Uh, what I mean is all my guests enjoy Stella Artois, the delicious metally tang of that particular lager. Uh, I'm joking again. There really is no stopping me. Uh, perhaps the only way to stop me for now is for me to introduce you to the first of my readings. Uh, no guests this week, so I'm going to be sharing some of the work I've come up with during lockdown. And this short piece, uh, perhaps a story, perhaps a poem, is called Going Viral. And if you've been alive in 2020, you can probably guess what it's about. Your sister saying goodbye. A neighbour saying be lucky the next morning. A bus driver too busy to read the warnings in today's free paper. A man who sniffs at everyone because you can't be too careful. A lecturer coughing with textbook regularity. A student desperate to return to China. A couple drained by constant arguing on their way to give blood. A woman rushing into town to enjoy her last day of freedom. A woman rushing home from work on the last day before lockdown. Someone you had a crush on at school. A small boy passing through a conversation that would normally go over his head. A discreet nose-picker who isn't actually discreet and has gone past caring. A man binning his face mask because someone smirked at him. A florist trying not to sneeze. A teenager in a wheelchair being taken out for his birthday. A nurse telling himself it'll be okay. A woman who will never, ever go back to him. Going back to him. A young woman collecting signatures to make the world a better place. A young man giving out flyers to help pay for his tuition fees. A shoplifter struggling to give up because she's so good at it. A retired headmaster on the till at Tesco's because he missed interaction. An MI5 agent buying a prawn sandwich as part of a meal deal. A businessman loosening his tie. A cleric settling on the right tone for tonight's sermon. A yoga instructor ignoring persistent back pain. A homeless vegetarian struggling to accept a meat pie. A little girl deciding it must be evil to hate your brother this much. A pop star saying thank you to someone who stops him in the street, gets his name wrong and says he preferred his earlier stuff. An autograph hunter who signs his name differently each time. A policewoman laughing because it's part of the job. A politician wishing she hadn't shared that tweet. A man deciding against suicide because he wants to know what happens next. A virus genetically aware that it can't kill all its hosts without killing itself as well. 
So as I say, no guests today, so let's have another reading. And this is from my debut novel, Hong Kong Rocks. Uh, and that this was published by um, Proverse in Hong Kong uh, in November 2019. Had its UK launch on the 29th of Feb 2020. Actually the last opportunity uh, before the lockdown to have a, a catch up with, um, with friends and family. We had a fantastic time. So I guess I've been promoting the book a fair bit this year. I don't want to bang on about it, but it's, you know, the first book I've had published. Um, so that's pretty cool, you know, and that's wonderful. So I'm not going to plug it too much, but I thought I would um, give you this reading, which is from the very start of it. Perhaps you don't know the way people kill themselves on Cheng Chao. Let me enlighten you. They check into a quiet hotel or hired room with some barbecue coals. They have a last drink cigarette, or whatever else they may have enjoyed in this life, and then, having sealed the doors and windows, light the charcoal and wait patiently to die. This is why most hotels and hired rooms on Cheng Chao will only accommodate guests in pairs, the theory being that no two people, bonded by an inclusive room rate and unlimited seafood, would want to slip away together in such a way. And perhaps they're right. When I was a happily married man, barbecue coals were an existential menace, only when taking an eternity to heat up during summer networking events on the roof of our apartment block, thereby delaying the greeting, eating and double kiss departures to such an extent that my will to live was occasionally threatened. My estranged wife never seemed to mind. Lennox has a need to feed and nourish people and no desire to make them disappear, even those she ends up despairing of. In contrast, I wonder how my Hong Kong friends put up with me when I reveal so little of my inner life to them. Not that I am alone in this regard. Scattered across the islands of Hong Kong live a small band of antisocial individuals of my acquaintance who exist outside the world of bankers and lawyers into which Lennox and I were first initiated. These inveterate expatriates of varying degrees of respectability represent the flotsam and jetsam of a long-receded empire of which little remains but the common language the world has chosen to document its own demise. Will my yeast infection help my banana bread rise to the occasion? Why does no one attend my daily briefings even briefly? Can I trust my online presence during an internet outage? How low can you furlough? Without the farmer's permission. Packed lunch apocalypse or canteen Armageddon? Best Victorian outfits for virtual meetings. Cute cats wanted for condemned meme factory. My scrubbed up corpse won't be seen dead on Zoom with me ideas. Low cut top or badly bruised bottom. If books furnish a room, what does my wallpaper say about me behind my back? If my boss doesn't understand me, who will? Working at home pros and bloody amateurs. Wearing the same clothes every day. Will I wash? Can I divorce my guilty feet in lockdown? What if my neighbours aren't spying on me? Is it legal to conduct my own funeral if no one is watching? Help! My leadership of previously dormant domestic appliances is being questioned. 
Uh, if the four inch what's it is wedged in the gizmo, who thenceforth turneth the screw? Surprise birthday treats for compliant appliances. Traditional burial grounds for white goods. Uses for old shoe boxes that do not involve space travel. Renting a toxic waffle maker with a dodgy plug, 1972 to 1976 for old times sake. Wanted travel toothbrush for flat earther, will consider reasonable alternatives. How do I get transferred from a jail with a J to a jail with a G? How do I change my name from 4G to 5G? Human sacrifice. Will it stop the virus? Do tiny molecules wear tiny monocles? Does paper feel regret? Is my face made of wool? Hibernation techniques for furless pets. Where do I report my sexist seahorse? Menstruating gerbil tips. Wanted cabbage camouflage techniques to revive flatulent marriage. Best way to feel feelings without touching them. Should I buy my psychotic hamster a golf course? How much is my monogrammed Bitcoin worth in pounds and pence near the big tree in the park yesterday? How do I form an intimate relationship with my contactless bank card? How do I stop the Queen from sending me letters of congratulations when I died in a car crash in 1956? Uh, how do I get my recycling back if I change my mind? Official baggage allowances for heaven, hell, limbo, nothing. Pros and cons. Time travel. The next big thing or all in the past. How do I begin to laugh again when I haven't stopped and it's annoying people? Why the long face and when will my short face become fashionable again? What if you don't think to yourself, what a wonderful world? I wonder what you made of that. Um, that was another piece I've done during lockdown. It was called, um, it's called anti-algorithm technique. And the idea is simply that um, at a time when we're all under surveillance and algorithms are trying to interpret our every online move. Um, I sometimes just come up with some little oddities that I intentionally put into my search engine just to try and confuse Google a little bit <laughs> as if they don't know me so, so well by now. Um, but yeah, it's a futile effort. And just to have a bit of fun with words as well, I just like the idea of the algorithm scratching its head. I know algorithms can't scratch their heads. I know that, I'm not stupid, uh, but I'm a bit daft. So it's a bit of daftness and I'm gonna give you a bit more daftness now. Uh, this is some writing advice I found online recently. Your brain is in a constant state of storming. Unleash your storm and write down the ideas that fall like precipitation on the barren land of your dull existence. Don't worry if the contents of your brainstorm seem mundane. Don't worry if they could get you cancelled or be used as evidence against you in a future war crimes trial. Everyone has a story to share and an obligation to share it. The world is full of stories, but it still needs yours, even if it has to throw out a few older ones to make room. 
flesh out the results of your brainstorm over the next few days, weeks, months, and years. If someone else brainstorms in close proximity, be sure to write down the contents of their brainstorm too. The results are unlikely to ever get published, and if they are, you will be too happy to worry about acts of plagiarism or betrayal because your writing is the most important thing in the world, even if the world forgets that sometimes. Number two, conflict. Every story needs a conflict. If you haven't been fortunate enough to experience one in the course of your dull existence, invent one. It is essential for your character, your central character, to experience the agonies of conflict and then overcome them. Otherwise, your story won't be realistic. If possible, start your story with an external or internal conflict. Has your hero just shat in their pants in public? Have they just realised that they will never be a successful writer? Write the wrongs that have been inflicted on your central character. Work out how they can unshit their pants, for example, or write a bestseller through a series of revelations. Like learning about adult diapers or following this writing advice number four. Choose a point of view. There is no point messing about with multiple narratives in fiction. Like you, your readers are short of time, confused about many things, and are not looking to be challenged. All they want is to escape from their dull existence for a time. Is that too much to ask? Make it easy for them and yourself by sticking with a POV, point of view, throughout your literary efforts, whether in the first or third person. The second is frankly weird and only attempted by avant-garde losers. Be consistent and honest with your readers. The last thing anyone wants is to finish a story with the feeling that they've been tricked or that the author is trying to be too clever clever at their expense. Number five, do a narrative arc or don't. Experimentation shouldn't be dismissed out of hand. Originality has caught on in works of fiction recently, and while always to be viewed with suspicion, it has its place. Yes, most readers will desire a satisfying conclusion, but some may want a twist of some type, like finding out that they are in the process of murdering the writer, or vice versa, or that it's all a dream, but be cautious. That dream can easily turn into a nightmare. Full disclosure, there have been a few recorded cases of readers literally murdering an author for not concluding best-selling trilogies in the way they wanted. Yes, originality is good, but remember, your existence is unlikely to be anything but dull, and pretending otherwise in your stories leads to a provocative air of arrogance that may be acted upon. You have been warned. Anyway, good luck with it all. And I hope you'll give me a little credit when you've completed your work to the resounding applause of your family and a few reluctant friends on whom you've forced your masterpiece. To be honest, you've already done enough for me by clicking on this link. The comment section is closed and I do not respond to personal emails. Of course I do. That, that was me being in character there. Uh, if anything, I respond to uh, emails too quickly. Uh, it freaks people out a little bit. So if you want to email me, I'll just try and time it right. You know, so I won't leave it too long, but I won't. I'll try not to be too desperate either. I'll try and intrigue you, draw you in. That's what I've been trying to do today. And if you think you might like my written work, 
And let's face it, it's got to be better than the audio stuff. Then search for Peter Humphreys, that's R-E-Y-S at the end, author, online. And follow the Word Diver on Instagram, where I've cleverly combined words and images. I think I'm the first person to, to have done that. It's frankly revolutionary. And of course, you can, you can drop me a DM uh, through Instagram if you'd like to. The final reading today has also been inspired by the virus-mandated lockdown many of us are experiencing this year. Here in the UK, uh, supermarkets offering delivery services are doing a roaring trade. But for consumers, it all takes a bit of getting used to, especially when our brains have been scrambled by all the madness going on in the world right now. Here's an online order I put together earlier in the lockdown when I hadn't quite got the hang of it. One salted, two unsalted, six assaulted, three chilled, two frozen, one paranoid, two added, three no added, four missing, two presumed dead, one low fat, one no fat, one full fat, five extra fine, three extra free, two undecided, one undisclosed, assorted nuts, two imperfectly perfect, eight with locked in flavour, one shot and peeled, three line caught, four mown down trying to escape. A dozen mixed, nine segregated, one ignored, one distinguished, six persecuted, eleven gassed, five chlorinated, six with ten percent discount, ten with six percent discount, three and a half, buy one, get one free, one maximum, one minimum, three pre-packed, four post-packed, eight replacement items, three itemised replacements, four loft reared, six summoned, eight indicted, one given away by an indiscreet family member. Self-isolating without symptoms, leave outside, remain there, support British farmers, happy hour for pensioners, 10% discount for NHS staff, heal the sick, feed the masses, victory in Europe, peas in our time. I hope you enjoyed this debut episode of First Impressions. Drop me a line with your suggestions for future episodes. Uh, perhaps you want to hear Master Yoda reading from Night Tender Is or, uh, or Frank Spencer sharing his favourite passages from Orlando. Anything is possible. First Impressions was written and produced by me, Peter Humphreys. Until next time, remember, it's not about impressing others, it's about the impression you make on others or doing an impression of them. But be careful with that. You've got to know them quite well before you want to attempt an impression of them. Uh, just a little bit of personal advice there from the heart. Uh, so uh, that's all for this time. Uh, until next time, look after each other. Thank you for letting me impress myself upon you for the, the last, what, 20 minutes or so. Uh, as you can tell, I'm still trying to work out a few catchphrases and stuff. Uh, I love you. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. 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 Bye 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 bye. Bye 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 bye. 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 Impress upon you a goodbye from me. Impress upon each other good times. Good times. Impress. Bye. Bye bye.